Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Primius, the Down to Earth Hasidus podcast. Uh, before I start, I want to thank all those who wrote to me. Um, last week, apparently the mimer from last week was really, really powerful and I got many comments. I would love to dedicate uh, a special shiur to each question and each comment and everyone who sends in feedback and thanking, etc. and supporting. So shkoyach to all those. And now let's go back into the topic. We're going to continue. We're going to continue. Give it one more twist about this Indian of Yaakov. And then poor Yaakov. We're going to leave him alone a little bit until next year. But you know why I continue focusing on this? Because like Yaakov truly, so badly, so truly represents us. Like every story of the life of Yaakov, like, you know, mice always seem in Abonim. But you see the struggle with Aesop, with life, with love on with whatever, and then how he emerges from that when he goes to Mitzrayim and when he beats the Malach of Aesop. Like every story or every episode of the story of Yaakov plus, and especially through the glasses of Hasidus with the interpretation of the Rebbe, they're just like, they're so real for our life that you, I can't abandon the topic until the parsha doesn't move on. So uh, here goes one more idea, and it's connected to what we've been learning the past two weeks about Yaakov. So basically, if we could summarize everything we've seen about the struggles of Yaakov, and then when he overcomes those struggles and he's called Israel, we could summarize the entire idea in two words, Katnus and Gadalus. Basically, I guess the English translation would be largeness, and smallness. But largeness and smallness of what? What are we talking about? So the, the, the quote originally comes from Zoyar. Um, in Kabodo, it speaks about katnus amoichin or gadlus amoichin. The smallness of the brains or the smallness of the mind and the perspective and the greatness and largeness of the mind, the intellectuality, logic, understanding, um, perceiving a deeper perception, etc. What does it mean? It means like this. So, in order to understand this, we'll we'll focus on one concept, okay? One aspect of Moichin de Katus and Moichin de Gadlos, which is having a wider, broader perspective of life, Torah, on yourself, or having a more uh, shallow and, um, no, you say broader and Narrow. narrower perspective of uh, to yourself and life. To give an example for this concept, it's what Chesides brings um, the example of an expression of the Gemara. So the Gemara wants to describe where the tefillin shel roish fits, right? So you have to put a tefillin on your head. Where? Like in your forehead, back in the head, in what place? So the Gemara, the Gemara, the, the, you know, they didn't do, for some reason, they didn't like to draw the Chachomim. They just describe it with words, with texts. And therefore, they said, the feeling has, it's like, it goes, the place of feeling is from the place where the skull of the baby is still soft when it's born. Like, you know, babies have like a softer part here in the middle. So it starts about in the middle of the head until the place where your hairs start growing. Actually, the Aloha even defines for um, bold people, it says where the hairs used to grow. And even us, the boldies, we do know where, like, I know exactly the line is over here, where hair grows. Even though I don't have any more hair, but I feel it, even physically, I feel where the hairline is. So it's from the hairline until the middle of the head. And the way Chachomim expresses it is, 
Um, another expression for this is mokoim yesh boroish lehaniach based feeling. There is a space on the head, on the top of the head, not when it the shape goes starts going down and it finishes, but before the cliff, <laughs> the cliff back, um, and the whatever like um, flat part of the head. They describe it that there is enough space to put tooth filling. So Chassidus explains it like this. It's a very amazing and deep explanation. The moichin, the moichin, the intellectuality, your intellectual ability of perceiving stuff should be able, if it's big and wide enough, to fit two opposite ideas, tooth filling. The filling has four parshes, and it's explaining Chassidus that the four parshes refer to, um, they represent the four levels of Moichin. You're wondering, right? Because normally we say that there are three, Chabad, Chochmah, Bin, and Das. But then he says, it says that Das already includes Chesed and Gvura. There is Chesed and Gvura, the way they're included in Das. When you start feeling it with Das, you already have a tendency for right or left, for giving or, or restricting, for um, um, whatever, Chesed, like... Um, kindness and loving and expansion or gvuro as in restriction and, and, and discipline and limiting. And so chesed, chokhmo, bino, and the chesed of gvuro within da'as are the four separate compartments of the Tvinish Rosh. And what does it mean the head has enough space to have tooth feeling? It means that, hey, if you have a functioning mind and a wide open, bright, not bright as in very intelligent, uh, a broad perspective, you could feed two opposite ideas. You could dedicate, for example, if there are two theories about something, you're learning sciences or something, and there are two theories about it, and they're contradictory theories, you could clearly dedicate time to understand fully and completely one idea, and then right away dedicate time to understand fully and completely the other idea. And it's not a contradiction. Because even though the ideas contradict, understanding both doesn't. And that's God Lusamoichin. The ability to contain Lehachil, to have enough Keili, to have enough of a Kli for the contradictory ideas because you're learning them in a theoretical way. You're not attaching to them. You're not getting married to the ideas. And therefore, it doesn't have to be one and not two. And that's the bright, the broadness, the God ability of the Moichin. As opposed to this, as opposed to the heart. Here, when we give the contrast of the heart, you understand the difference. I'm not talking about katunus amoichin yet, I'm talking about lev, the heart. The heart attaches. The heart is gluey. It's like glue. The heart glues itself to things or gets afraid from things. The heart either goes for something or takes distance from something. The heart loves or hates. The heart is subjective. So the question is what the thing does to me, not what the thing is, how, that, how the concept affects me. When you're an emotional person, you normally tend to translate situations into their relationship and effect to you. If you're an intellectual person, you mostly have a tendency to understand things in their essence and disconnect it from you. Of course, each personality has a mind and a chisorin, but that's a definition. When, what? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's okay, you can ask. All right, we'll continue. So, in, in the heart, the heart is subjective. The heart 
sees the thing connected to me, not the thing by itself. And therefore, there is no option for two, because me is one. And since the idea is not the idea in its essence, but how the idea affects me, then it's either I like it or I hate it. It's like you read a book, and then you ask a, a person, a friend, for a book report, review. What do you think about the book? So the, 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 the intellectual person would say, well, it was well written, the plot is not so amazing and deep, but the, the signon of the ktiva, the, the way of writing, it's, it's very proliferous, and therefore, blah, blah, blah. And the, the emotional guy would say, I didn't like it, it made me sad. Hey, you're not talking about the book, you're talking about yourself. And that's why I can't say the mile and the chisoren, it will only say or mile or chisoren, because it's me. It's not the thing. Now, back to the point. Moichin de Gados and Moichin de Katnos. Moichin de Katnos is the smaller, is the lower level of Moichin. In that level, you're still Keilu attached. To, it's, it's, more, it's lower, it's more connected to the heart than to the brain. And therefore, in the Moichin de Katnos, there is no space for broadness. It's only like, I understand, it's intellect. It's intellect, it's idea, logic, but I only understand what's convenient for me. So it's like some kind of moichin, but it's still katnus. Okay, what does this have to do with anything? Because Yaakov has two levels. Yaakov has the level of Yaakov Eikev. Eikev means the heel, the lower part of the nishama, the part of the nishama that's inside of the mud of the reality of the world. The part of the, he connects to the part of Elokus that gives chayus to the klipa. Even when he meditates in Hashem, he's only feeling the the lower part of Elokus, like limited by the reality of the challenge of this world. And that's why Yaakov lives wrestling with Esau. He's always either jealous of Esau and grabbing his ankle, or like cheating on him and becoming on top of him. They're always fighting. They're always grabbing each other's whatever, like uh, scratching each other and whatever. Like why? Because they're entangled. Why is Yaakov entangled with the Klippa? Because like, what do you mean? I'm Yaakov. I'm Eid. I'm supposed to live with spiritual values and be connected to the Abishtar, but then reality demands from me to live with my Nefeshwamis and my reality, my Aesop-ness also. So I also have to work, I also have to make money, I also have to be ambitious and jealous and whatever, all those things that, like, working hard for money, is it ambitious and jealousy and taiva or necessity and uh, an important thing? Well, the answer is yes, and they're entangled. It's like complicated. So Yaakov gets into the Gashmius with a Kavona of Ruchnius. So he fights the Oilomaze, but the Oilomaze fights him back. So he eats. But am I eating because I enjoy it? Or am I eating because I want to be healthy? Well, again, the answer is yes to both. So is it the Shmo? Or is it not the Shem Shomayim? Or is it uh, for the Taiba? And he's always like in the punching back and forth. He's like fighting with himself and with the belt because. All of his perception of Elokus is limited to Katnus Amoichi. That's how the Rebbe Rashav explains this concept in, in the Maimar I mentioned last time, Paul Shalom Samaches. He says that, like, even when you fight the Gashmius and you cheat and deceive, deceive the Gashmius, we spoke two weeks ago about deceiving the Gashmius, that Yaakov goes into Gashmius, what's deceiving? I kill, become your friends, and I make as if, you know, we both share the same interests, and I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. And then the truth is that I want to take some advantage and like cheat or steal or abuse or something. And you went together with me on the same path because you trusted that I'm walking on the same direction. But then my kavana was backwards and I flicked, I flipped you or whatever and I took advantage of you. That's cheating. 
That's why Yaakov did to Esau. Again and again. Why? Because that's what a Jew of Katun Samoichin does to the Gashmius. I go into the Gashmius and it looks like it looks like I'm going for it. Like I like money, I like food, I like Gashmius. And but the truth is that deep down I have a different Kavana with you. I'm showing you, Gashmius, Esau, that I'm with you. I'm a regular person, I'm a worldly person, I work, I make money, I eat, I do the stuff. But the truth is, I'm deceiving you. Because deep inside, I have other intentions with you. <laughs> what are my other intentions with you? To use you. I don't want you as an end. I want you as, an, as a means to Ruchnius. And then I take the Gashmius, I work, and I succeed at it as if I cared about it. And then the truth is that I'm using it because then I'm going to change the direction of that Ruchnius, of the Gashmius, into Ruchnius. Hey, and that's amazing. That's called serving Hashem, that's called doing Gashmius Hashem Shomayim. And that's totally perfect. But the problem with it is that it comes from a place of Katnus. So the Chathile, you understand the world to be a contradiction. So Gashmius is bad, and Ruchnius is good. And if you go on Shlichos, you're Chzishin. And if you work for money, you're a lower Madrego. But then I'm going to work for money, but I promise I'm going to give money to Sluchim. So I'm rescuing the Gashmius in a way that is still Ruchnius. But if I do this and I do that, then what maybe... And, and, and it's again, again, you're wrestling into the mud. You're like inside of the drama. You're the drama queen of Katnus Amoichin of Gashmius and Ruchnius. And that's fine. That's a Jew in Godus. And we've done it. And it's fine. It's part of our avoido. But there is something missing in there. What is it missing? The Gadus Amoichin. What, what would that look like? The, the alternative is Gadus Amoichin. Now, Gadus Amoichin means that you have the ability to put both things together. And I'll give you a story for this. I know I said this story already in a previous class, but since... I don't know if you heard it or the podcast listeners. I don't know if they go and I think they should like newcomers to the podcast should go from the beginning and like listen to all the episodes because I sometimes like to build on the concepts that we already explored. There is an amazing, probably the best for me, but every story of the Val Shem Tov, I say it's the best at the moment. So this is the best story of the Val Shem Tov and the Magid. When the Magid came for the first time, I'll try to make it fast because some people already heard it. When the Magid came for the first time to Baal Shem Tov, it was a big time in Chochem and a Tzadik, and he didn't want to waste time and do Bitul Teira. So he, he was doubting for a long time whether to go or not. At the end, he got convinced. His friends, colleagues, people don't you have to. Like, it's the biggest Tzadik and whatever, you, you'll regret your entire life if you don't meet him. Fine. He ended up going. He made a long trip, and it was hard for him, and he regretted every moment of Bitul Teira. But then he finally made it. He made it Erev Shabbos. He goes to Baal Shem Tov, Shonem Aleichem Arav, and the Baal Shem Tov, He's like, ah, can you walk me? Yeah, sure, of course. It's like a walk with Val Shemto and he's going to, you know, talk to me and explain to me, so this Atoiro, finally I came for this. And Val Shemto starts showing him his horses. Oh, this horse, he runs really, really well, but he gets tired fast and he gets hungry. The other day I didn't have food for him. And by the way, I had to like, we're in the middle of nowhere and the poor thing is like about to die. I didn't know what to do. And then I went to a place, I found hay and, and the maggot came for deep soydus of Toiro and and he's like talking to him about his horses and then whatever. And you and, and then you don't know. It was like really hard. And, and the coachman also, the poor guy that works with me, he didn't have food and I have to buy him. And I didn't know what to get him because like, I don't know, how to, whatever. I can be fine without eating. But the poor guy works for me. I need to feed him. So then whatever. And a guy crossed the street with a big bag. So I jumped out of, out of the wagon. I said, is that bread by any chance? He's like, yes, I sell bread. Great. I, of course, it's not, uh, you know. 
Pas Yisrael, but it's a Goy anyway, so he bought it for him, and the guy was very happy. And, and the man is like just looking, I'm like, what am I doing here? Imagine going to the Rebbe and he starts talking to you about the engine of his car, and like in modern terms, like, oh, I got a V6 car, like blah, blah, blah. Like you, you would go out of your mind, like I came for a deep spiritual experience and Toyota or whatever. The Kitru is like, okay, fine, I'll just wait. Maybe on Shabbos he's going to say a Toyota. Maybe he's just trying to be nice. He thinks I'm an Amoret, so he talks to me about simple things. He didn't know what to think. He moved on. And Shabbos, the said a very, sim- very simplistic Toyota, like a very simple Pirush. Everyone was just like dancing and happy with the Balshemto, and the Magi is like, this is so not for me. It's cute for the simple Jews. But I'm I'm in a different level. I'm looking for something else. It's not for me. It's not a good fit for me. I feel bad for all the little Torah. As when I see to Shabbos, I'll go. The next day, Shabbos, the also spoke very simple, simply, and whatever. Moitzah Shabbos, he goes to his coach and he's like, please prepare the the, 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 the wagon and we're going to leave as soon as we can. The guy says like, hey, um, it's very cloudy and it's stormy. We're going to have to wait a little bit. Okay? So as soon as it's possible, knock on my door. Even in the middle of the night, if it clears up, um, we're leaving. Before Chatzois, somebody knocks on the Magi's door, he's learning in his room, and they say, like, the, the Shamesh, whatever, the Balashemto says, like, the Balashemto calls you. Me, I already said, he said, Tzitzchan he farewell, but then he's like, the Balashemto calls you. Fine, if he calls me, I'll be respectful again, I'll go, yes. And the Balashemto is in his, whatever, in his room, his office, with a Sefer opener, it's Chaim, a Sefer of Kabbalah, and he's like, do you, do you know how to learn Kabbalah? He's like, yeah. Can you explain to me this passage? He looks at it. He talks about Malochim and Shemes and holy names and combinations of names that do different things, whatever. Kabbalah. And the Magid looks at it, learns it for like five minutes, and then he explains it. It's this and this and this and that. It's like, ah, oh, I thought you knew how to learn Kabbalah. <laughs> so the Magid looks at him and says, listen, I can hear because he heard, I heard you're a big rov and a tzaddik and a tamichochem. And I understand you might have your style and whatever, but you didn't say any chidush, any toido, anything. And now you ask me a question and then you, like, I don't know what words you say, but like, you bully me, you know, like, about me not understanding Kabbalah. If you have a deeper explanation, please go ahead and talk to me. That's what he came for. Shantos is like, you know what? Try again. Fine. Like, his humility was already at the edge. He tried again, he learned it again, and he explains it again. Shantos is like, Nah, let me show you. Come, make me space. He sits next to him, puts his arm around his shoulder, like hugs him, and the Basemto starts reading the, the words of the Sefer. As the Basemto reads, literally, the Magid says, then he told the story, like the heavens opened in front of him. He was literally seeing the Malochim and the Shemes in action. As the Basemto was reading it, it was feeling the fire. He said, like, I felt the Malochim, I saw them. And like my entire body was like soaked in in in, in wet in uh, what's called in sweat. He was like having the biggest vision he ever had. He couldn't believe himself. And as the Balshemto is reading, he's seeing it. When the Balshemto finishes reading and takes his arm off of his whatever uh, shoulder, whoop, the whole vision goes away. And the Balshemto looks at him and says, "You see, that's what it means to learn Kabbalah." The Magid. He's like totally wowed out of his mind. He's like, okay, I guess this is something, it's a, totally in a different league. He's like seeing it, not just reading and understanding. This is a different thing. I'm staying. This is the Balashanto I was looking for. And that's how we became Antami the Balashanto. Now, let me ask you something. Was Balashanto just fooling him, making him desire it more? 
Maybe. But for sure not only. The Valshemto was actually showing him what Chsiz is all about. In the middle, when you're not connected very high and very low, in the middle of Madreyes, you're in Katun Samoichin. In Katun Samoichin, you're just reading about concepts. So when your Yiddish kind is reading and hearing Shmi or knowing concepts, then of course you'll see a contradiction between your godliness and your, your spirituality and your gashmius. And then you're always in the fight between the two. But if you know truly how to go low and how to go high, then you connect the two in a way that there is no machloikes and there is no suffering. There is, there is already gadus amoichin and harchovot to the point that you flow through it. You flow through the greatness of gadus amoichin without the chachile seeing a contradiction. The Valsento is telling him, if you can't see the goy, see, see him, feel him. If you can see the horse, even, lehavdil, an animal, a balchai, if you can be sensitive to the lower creatures of the Avistar, you'll never be able to see the Malochim either. Because you're, when, when, when there is a big contradiction between the two, there is not, nothing positive will come from those because they're separated. But when you connect opposites, then you reveal the etzem that makes them both the opposites. And that etzem is the true seeing Hashem. That's got to Samoichin. That's why the Baal Shem Tov said that when you have oil, you see the rose. Rose and oil are secrets and light, and they're the same gematria. The Baal Shem Tov says when you have the light of something, the premiums of something, when you see the light of Hashem, then you know the secret of all the physical things. Then you don't buy into the hype of its chitonius, and therefore you don't have to fall into the trap of its contradiction. In other words, the God of Samoichin says, Back to the mind of the Rebbe Hashem, I'm quoting. It's like the difference between the attitude of Gatus HaMoichin and Gatus HaMoichin is the difference between eating during a regular day or on Shabbos. On a regular day, you sit to eat. Okay, what is this? Okay, first, I have to check his kosher, of course. And then I have to stop before and say, Brocha. Oh, and also make sure that I'm eating something that belongs to me and I'm not stealing from someone money or to buy it or the food itself. And, and I have to make sure that there are many conditions fulfilled. And then... I'm about to eat it. Ah, oh, I desire it like an animal. No, wait, but I have to eat it like a eel. Yeah, but I actually want its taste and not its health in order to dive in or learn to eat. No, but the truth is, why do I want to be healthy? Because I want to be alive. And what is my life? It's a life of a Jew. What do I do with my life? Mitzvahs. Most of the time, I try. And therefore, it is nishma. Right, but it's not conscious. It's indirect. Okay, fine, but indirect also helps. But should I, should I, you, you, you see the, you see the in my process? that I'm speaking out loud. On Shabbos, eating the tasty food is a mitzvah. It's called Oinek Shabbos. There is a mitzvah to make the Shabbos more pleasurable. It's as if Le'aneget Shabbat. it's as if the word Oinek is not a noun, but a verb. You have to pleasurize your Shabbos. And how do you do that? By choosing the best foods and the best clothes and the best things. And when I do it in that way, since I'm inside of the Shabbos, Makif, I'm inside of the Shabbos mood, I'm inside of the Shabbos mode, I'm inside of being with Hashem, even the taste, the physical taste and desire of the food is already a locus. Because I'm seeing in the food a locus to begin with, because it's Shabbos. I don't have to fight it. Like the Zohar says, Harbo, um, Bread will be eaten by the edge of the sword. 
yeah, you're fighting with the sword, the Yetzirah, because like food and money and tithes and whatever, you have to fight it in order to find its meaning. But when you're a real Chassid, when you're really connected with the locus of the world, in Gantus Amoichin, there's no fight. The Tainu itself is already a conductive clee to a locus. You already see the godliness, the, you already see how the Gashmius is nothing but a clee. It's nothing but a conduit, a channel, a pipe that flows, that Elokus flows through it. Like when I tell you, can you pass me the, the water? You automatically pass me the cup with the water. And I don't say, no, oh, I didn't say the cup, I said the water. Like that conversation doesn't happen. Because for us, cup and water, it's the same. You even say, give me a cup of water. Even the cup is not made of water. And yet, the cup and the water are so together that for us it's already a cup of water. So for a Gandos Amoyichin the world is a cup of Elokus. And you don't have to go into a stupid fight whether the Kli or the water inside is what you were looking for. It's so obvious. Now, let me please allow me to flip the coin and let's go back to the, the friend the Katnus. Because the Katnus of Yaakov is not just a like we're still bashing the Chazveshon one of the Ovois or the Avoido of, or one aspect of the Avoido of one of the Ovois. No, 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 no. And we're not even bashing ourselves. We're analyzing the virtue and the value of each thing. And the million dollar question is, what is the Katnus good for? What for? We're going to explore, according to Chesides, what is it good for and why does it happen in a positive way and why it should happen in a positive way. Because that's, that's a Jewish way of analyzing life. We don't ask why. We ask what for. Asking why is getting stuck at the chitzonius of the thing. Okay, reality is the way it is, and that's how it is. And my only question is why? Why do you, Hashem, do this thing to me? Why is the world like that? Why is just whining. <laughs> you like that one? Why is whining? You accept reality and you whine about it. That's not the thing to do at Pitero. The question for a Jew is what for? You're not whining. You're not getting stuck at the face value of the thing. You're not getting stuck at the face value of the thing. You're looking for its premiums. And if you're looking for its premiums with the Gatus Amoichim, then you're asking what for? Why am I going through a period of Katnus? Why am I so turned off? Why is my horror so big on me? Why is life so tough? Why am I not managing? Why does it feel like a Kodesh Borchu sometimes Bobby Trunio, even though ain't a Kodesh Borchu Bobby Trunio? The question is, what for? And now we're going to analyze that because the Mimer, the, 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 the Mimer in Michlal, there's a Sikh on this in, in, in the Kutesikhs on this Parsha Beshalach, uh, is Vaishlach. Vaishlach and Yutes Kislev, I think, I'm almost sure it's Helekhov, about Kotointi. Yaakov says, Kotointi Nikola Hasodim, I feel small because of all of the revelations. Because of all of the favors that Hashem did to me. Again, Yankel feeling small. Can you feel proud that Hashem chooses you? Can you feel happy? Why do you feel small? And the answer is in Tanya, in the famous Kotanti Pelek of Igles Kodesh. That what? That in Kedusha, when you're very big, when you're facing a course in a high Madrego, you feel small. Not because you're small. You're very big. You're actually in front of a high madrigo. You're in front of Hashem. But if Hashem grabs you and brings you up and gives you brocha, you should feel so small because the true smallness 
the true greatness is the feeling of smallness. And I'll explain. There is a Maise with Reb Zalman Moshe. It's a, a little... Uh, Reb Zalman Moshe, it's Haki. It was a savage chosid of the Free Karebe. Rebbe Rashab and Free Karebe. It was an amazing acid, I love him, type of chosid. Uh, I'll give you an example you understand. There are many stories of his. Like if I tell you the tough stories of Reb Zalman Moshe, it would take me a whole fabrengen to explain them and defend them from so tough they are. Like, but this time... Maybe, Mr. Shen. The, the Friedrich Rebbe called them in the middle of a Fabrengen. Imagine a Fabrengen, the Friedrich Rebbe speaking, a mimer, everyone inspired in the Ruchnius and saying the Chaim and the Nigun, everyone feels like their Nishom is like exploding out of the, the Kalim. And the Friedrich Rebbe calls him, like, points at him and, like, tick, 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 get over here. Personally, he goes over to the Friedrich Rebbe, standing 20 inches from the Friedrich Rebbe's face, and he's talking to him, telling him something personal. After a minute, he finishes, he goes down. And the team were like, no, what was it? Is it too personal? Can you share? It's a You asked something. It's like, honestly, I have no idea. What? They just spoke to your face. You didn't pay attention. It's like, I couldn't, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't focus on what he's saying. I just felt, when is the rabbi going to take his holy eyes out of my chazarish face? I know that's why I said it's acid, it's self-deflicting, you say? It's like self-judging the Hulu. Maybe you don't like the Moros Choyro, but the, the Nekudo? <laughs> the Nekudo is so deep. The Rebbe picks you. The Rebbe takes you to be his shliach. The Amster picked you to give her bracha, a wonderful family, happiness, money, success, social acceptance, and everything. You see the Amster puts you on top of the podium? Like, instead of feeling, ha, 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 look at me now. I'm on top of the ball. I'm on top of the game. No. The Rebbe is looking at me and choosing me and calling me. I can't believe I made it. Like, how, how did I make it? Who am I to be here? But not in a judging self, whatever, like the lack of self-esteem type of psychological problem. It's under Rabbe. It's a greatness. He's actually proud. And of course he heard. And of course he did what the Friedrich Rebbe told him. And yet, the, the overwhelming feeling of the situation was, I'm so small. I can't believe it. I'm close to Hashem. Like, wow. How It's like feeling the humility of the pride. You, you know what I'm saying? It's together humbleness and pride. That's That's a contradiction. Both feeling together in the same place. And for that, we need the Katnus in order to get to Gatnus. The only way of appreciating and reaching a very high level in Avodah Hashem is feeling small in whatever level you are at. There is no growing up and high. There is no growing without being small. Only little children grow. Grown-ups don't grow because they're already grown-ups. And that's the problem. In Moichin the Gatnus, you can't grow unless you feel that the gadlus is katnus. When your moichin the gadlus becomes the new katnus, that's when you reach the new gadlus. Are you following me? When your moichin the gadlus becomes the new katnus, you know they say the new normal, the new whatever. When the gadlus, your newly big madrego, is understood as a smallness in front of Hashem, that's when you take the new leap into the big madrego. There is no Gatus without Katnus. And that's why Dalto Rebbe writes the letter Kotointi. Dalto Rebbe in Jen felt Kotointi. But Kotointi for real. He couldn't say this. He was suffering physically and spiritually. 
wait, but you're down to Rebbe, you're supposed to be always on top of the wave. Well, not always. And the Kandus was a real Katnus. And Yaakov Abinu thought he had Chatoim. Chatoim not as in sins, because he didn't sin, but he had Chatoim as in lackings and failures. Why? Because the only way to get the best olive oil, olive oil, out of the olive is to press the olive. That's what the Rebbe Rashab said about the Alter Rebbe. And if the Rebbe Rashab didn't say, we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't dare to say such thing. The Alter Rebbe's best Hasidus was after Petersburg, not before. Why? Because he needed to be a little crushed. Why? Because before he was an amazing tzaddik. And that's exactly the problem. When you're in Godless, you can grow. He needed to feel Godless after his Godless to get to a much bigger Godless. And that's the mind of being small. There is a mind in being small. And that's why Yaakov Abinu felt. That's why Yaakov Abinu, we always find him as like vulnerable and insecure and whatever. It's not a chisorin. It's the only way you become Jewish. Only from Yaakov comes out Israel. Only from feeling the vulnerability of the katnus amoichim can you take a leap and become big. And once you become big and broad and archava, then you should have a cheshmer nefesh that makes you go back to Yaakov so you can go back to Israel. And, and the katnus in between two gadluses, <laughs> two gadluses, like in between two great levels, it's not just what people call like rich people problem. It's like, like you know, sometimes you hear someone saying like, hey, I don't make it to the end of the month. I don't know what to do. I, I push don't have money to go to the Macaulay. And his friend is like, oh, I know. I just invested $27 million and I have no liquidity for the next vacation. And the other guy is like, Excuse me? Like, I feel like slapping you, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you have no liquidity? Really? That's your problem? <laughs> like, I mean, but this is not the case, says the rabbit. This is very interesting, Ha'ora, I think it's 15 or 20-something, for whoever's going to look in the Sikha of Ba'ishlach, Yudas Kislev, one second. The rabbit says, hey, mind you, the katnus after Gadlus is not just like a rich pro- per- person problem. It's a real katnus. Like, when you fall out of the big madrego, you literally fell. And at the moment, it feels like an absolute katnus. The example the Rebbe gives, two examples. And I'll get to your question in a minute. Two examples. The first example the Rebbe gives is the vort of the olive. Imagine what the olive feels in the middle of the pressing. Depressing. <laughs> in the middle of the pressing, it's depressing because... Because the, you're, you're not an olive anymore. You're not a perfect, nice-looking olive. You're all crushed and broken. And yet, the nice bottle of olive oil, it's still not there. So you're... You know that expression? Like the Gemara says, there was a guy with two wives, an older one and a younger one. The younger one wanted him to have only black hairs. And the older one wanted him to have only the gray hairs. So the old one would pick all the black hairs every time he was with her. And the young one would always pick the white hairs every time he was with her. And so at the end, the guy ended up being bald from here and from here. That's the expression of the Gemara. That's how the olive feels in the middle of the pressing. I'm not a nice bottle of olive oil and I'm not an olive anymore. What am I? I'm broken. That's cat news. Hey, you're on your way to become expensive olive oil. Yeah, I know. But until I'm not inside the bottle looking nice and expensive in the store, I'm all broken into pieces. And the same thing is with the in jail. The same thing is with Yaakov fighting with Esau. The same thing is with Eden fighting through Golus. And the example the Rebbe gives to the example is when you understand an idea. So there is, there is Kadnus and Gadlus in your perception of Hashem. 
let's say you're whatever, a young kid, and you understand things very pshatly, very simply, and very whatever, and then whatever, you go to a higher madrego, and you understand value, tell you don't need this cat and everything, and then you go to a deeper level of perception. And let's say you got to a nice, big, wide platform. You feel comfortable. You made up your mind. You understand the ideas. You're convinced. You're, you're fully connected. And you're resting in a nice place. And then, whoo, if Neishever got on, before the big break, the, 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 like before, uh, before the break, there is a big calm. So the, the wave of the water goes up, 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 up. What happens when you're really, really up and nice? Boom, big crash happens. And then the person, imagine this guy, he got to a comfortable place in his city sky, he's in a Madrid of Gadlus, and then boom, he crashes down. Now I have shyness. Ooh, wait, wait, wait. And, and please, everyone who like is listening to the podcast, tell me if, you, if you're already in a, whatever, if you think that in your life you already got to a comfortable place in your madriga, in your understanding, in your perception of yourself, of life, of trade, of elokus, tell me if you didn't experience this already. It's like so typical. You get to a comfortable place, you feel whatever, and then boom, shyness come, and then the shyness are worse than, worse than the previous katanus. Now everything you know gets broken. Now all your understanding is broken into pieces, and you're like even worse, lost than before you knew anything to begin with. And you're like, whoa, what do I do now? What you do is knowing that every Cadmus is a jumping board to the next Cadmus. Because you would never make it to the new way of understanding if this way of understanding was always sitting comfortable in its place. If your current platform never got broken, Sheva Ipol Tzadik become The Tzadik has to fall in order to get up. In order to get to a higher level of understanding, you can't get there without a Shaila. And the Shaila will definitely break what you had before. That's why it's called a kushi or a pircho. It's a breaking experience. But without, if you feel comfortable in this situation, you wouldn't look for the next one. Sometimes Hashem makes us feel pressed and oppressed and katanus amoichin. And hey, you need to be careful during katanus amoichin periods. You need to have strong achlotes in place. You need to make sure that you're staying the course while the katanus happens so you don't just like fall off the tracks and then You'll need a full chuva to go back. But, but if you at least keep the basics going on, appreciate the katnus. Because being katnus is not a bad thing. It's an invitation to reach the real katnus. To be broken again, of course. But that time, you won't freak. Because you know that the breaking of the katnus is just an in-between madrego to reach the old new katnus amoichin that you're getting to. And that's, by the way, what we've been doing for all the extension of the Golus. So I'll finish it, today's podcast with a brocha to everyone, that we should be able to be in the Madrig of Gadus Amoichin. And even when you do happen to go through a period of Gadus Amoichin, don't freak. Know that you're mamesh on the, on the edge of a whole new big Gadus Amoichin discovery that will take your avoid of your life and your per- perception perspective of yourself and everything to a whole new level. Thank you very much, and we'll hear each other again next week. Good job.